I'm gonna trade my life for fortune and oh nope nope. You're gonna you're gonna what? You're gonna oh, you're gonna trade oh, this life for fortune and fame and start cut over, your hair and change over. your name? We no, over? we're not starting over. Right. Lean into it. Lean Ned, into you know it. What? I'm a I'm gonna trade this life of fortune and fame. I even shaved my head and made David my name because I don't really wanna be a big rock star living in tree houses. I'll drive a fuel efficient car. I just one because that's all I can afford. Your girls, <laughs> the girls don't want me. Because I don't got drugs, but I got them for my tummy, and I'll stay skinny because I can't afford to eat. Yep. Anyways, what's up? That How's is going, uh, that's Davy by Nickelback. That's Davy by Nickelback. Yeah, it's all about not being a rock star, you know, like just one fuel efficient car. Man, <laughs> it just who wants to be a rock star? After watching <laughs> this episode, who wants to be a rock star? I don't want to be, be a rock star. star. Well, huh? welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Never Ending Invention, Never Ending Invention, Never Ending, Never Ending podcast. Inventions podcast, where we talk about inventions that people inventions have made that that never end. Yeah, and we also talk never about Adventure end. Time. As you know, we're going to be talking about an episode, a real a real Davy of an episode this week. If I have Davey. a word, one word to describe this episode, this Davy of an episode, it's Davy. It's because. Um, that's my word for something that's kind of lame and I'm probably never going to watch it again. Yeah. Is Maybe. Dave, uh, is Dave, a, a, like apparently just like a, the world's most basic name or is it like Keith or is it like Mark? Sorry for all the Keith's Marks and Davies out there. The Chad, I think we've landed on Chad as the, Chad. uh, yeah, that's true. The basic white guy name, but Davey, I mean, Davey's definitely unique enough, but Davey Johnson, something about Adam Johnson at the end of it. <laughs> Gives it a real, uh, real dull suburban vibe to me. Yeah, well, and, and the good thing is that it uh, Finn's going for dull suburban vibe. Yeah, Got the nice oh, like one hundred percent. The nice uh, what do you what do you call it? King Albert or Prince Albert haircut type thing? <laughs> uh, monk yeah. haircut with the with the mustache type vibe. But dude, I don't know. Overall, I would honestly say like when when. We ended last week's episode, and I saw this was the next one. I I love this episode. I love something kind of either about its simplicity, or I don't know. You, it's it's a different kind of conflict that we've seen with Finn than we have in many other episodes. A lot of them have been hmm. either um, conflict that's kind of pretty much resolved, or like I did something wrong, or I did something bad. He didn't really do anything wrong. It just didn't really work out for him, right? Like yeah. that's kind of the thing. Like there was some conflict here, but the resolution was not really like black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think he just accepts or he realizes, oh wait, having a disguise can be useful. I've created this new persona that everybody for some reason doesn't recognize me. I mean, I guess the hair, right? But you yeah, never I mean, see that's his hair. Pretty, I mean, I assume in the that. I'd assume in the adventure time universe. There's two factors here. One, he does look really different than Finn, but two, yeah. like all the candy people don't know any other humans like that walk around in blue shirts. So like, yeah, it it Ooh. chalks it up to the candy people still kind of being pretty darn stupid. When he left his house, though, I loved it. I, I'm trying to find where it <laughs> the is. The candy person like mutters. He's like, "Well, that guy's wearing he's wearing the same shirt as Finn." Yeah, like on account of he's wearing the same clothes as Finn. I just figured it was him. Like <laughs> that. That was probably my favorite laugh 
of this moment. That or when he he runs up to, I mean, he's being Davy. He's just doing the, the most boring things in the world, going to the end of where the Candy Kingdom like hits the wall, right? The road hits the wall. <laughs> he just like he stops. turns around. Yeah, he's like going to parks, which is, you know, just super chill, normal guy stuff. And then he goes up to Cinnamon Bun and they're like jamming out or whatever. And he looks at it for a second and he's just like, nah, I'm out. I'm not. It doesn't say <laughs> a word. Just totally bails on that situation. And I, I don't don't blame him one bit, man. <laughs> if if I had my top normal, normal guy Dave, normal guy Davey moment of the episode, I'd have to say it's when uh, they're building the log cabin and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like he's like, where do you want these two logs? And he's like, uh, yeah, put them up uh, to make them look like a cabin, you know, like a, yeah. like a left wall and like maybe a front. And he's like, what about the roof? And he's like, oh, maybe we'll see. And he's like, yeah, I've been holding these that. holding these logs for a long time. And he goes, well, they look good. They look good. <laughs> was like, that's the <laughs> best, like, little... look good. <laughs> they look real uh, good. Yeah. They look real nice. I think he even tells Randy, he's just like, yeah, attach the logs how it should be. <laughs> attach know? the like, logs how they should be to make it look like is, a log cabin. What does that mean, man? I'm, I'm going to start telling people that, man. I'm going to start telling people like, uh, yeah. like what should I do and I'm like oh yeah well you make it like look like the way it's supposed to look you know make it look like how it should man I, like I don't want to let this uh, drag and drag on too much you know but I do need to just address the fact that this is my first episode doing the podcast I, my name's Russell by the oh, way yes, we meant to, we, one of your I was co-hosts. gonna talk about this that government you bring it up what I, you're freaking engaged, brother. Oh, yeah. This is my first episode as an engaged man. I know, I'm man. engaged. I'm engaged in many things. I'm engaged uh, in my work while I'm at work. I'm engaged <laughs> on this podcast when I'm talking to you on the podcast. I'm engaged to Allie now. Uh, me and Allie are officially engaged. Engage. engaged. Facebook official. Well, I don't Facebook know if it is Facebook. Official. I don't know if it is, but... Oh, it's not real if it's not Facebook official. Dude, I don't even think... I don't think we're dating on Facebook. Don't tell her that, <laughs> but I don't think we're dating on Facebook. I don't know if I ever updated that. I don't, I don't get know. on your, Facebook. Your aunt's probably really concerned. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, he's engaged, but he says he's single on Facebook. What's up is with that? that? <laughs> <laughs> no, this this was... I. I'm excited, man. This, this is... I feel like it was a long time coming. We've been talking about this. We could not talk about it on the podcast, obviously. Yeah. We can talk about no, this I think, for a little bit. I think we'll definitely, I mean, again, I don't want to let the drag and drag on, but I think we will. <laughs> You're going to keep using that. You're going to keep using that. Uh, I'm just going to keep using that. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it on a NEA and Beyond. I think that would make for a fun NEA and Beyond, kind of yeah. talking about how I did it and whatnot. I mean, anyone who's on the Discord right now, we've we've talked about like, I, I think I told them about it and then I posted some photos and stuff of the engagement after it happened. So. Uh, they they got the sneak peek, but we'll do like a full NEA and beyond for the Patreon uh, podcast at some point pretty soon talking about the engagement. And yeah. people keep asking me, when when's the date? You know, when are y'all gonna, gonna do it? When are you gonna tie the knot? And I'm just like, man, we're just celebrating the fact that yeah. we're engaged now just, and going into the holidays. After the holidays, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like some people, some people love doing that like the day after. And I've like, I'd say yeah. within the within the first five six weeks, like max is like when you start doing more than that, you're like, okay, we gotta, Dude, we gotta buckle down and get this figured out. There's no like, way. On Sunday, I was so relieved. I mean, Friday was when I proposed, and then all of Friday, Allie worked or didn't work from home. Or sorry, she didn't work at all. She worked maybe two hours from home, but mm-hmm. then she was home the whole day. And Friday is my day to be home, and I was gonna take a half day. 
and just prepare the house because at home is where I did it. <laughs> and she literally didn't go into the office. I had to make up a lie <laughs> to go get flowers, you know, like, I don't know. So like, goofy. Oh, yeah, like I've got to go like scratch my arm, but like, down the road, like. Yeah, I got to go scratch my arm. That's what I said. <laughs> said, I got to use the restroom uh, in the Porter John that we totally don't have outside. <laughs> but but uh, you, uh, the good, the fun thing, I think, at least for the podcast, this podcast, um, is that now instead of saying my girlfriend or my partner, oh, you yeah. to say your fiance. A real fancy word. Way real too fancy. fancy. It's, yeah, it's yeah. weird. I mean, here's the thing. Boyfriend and girlfriend now sounds so childish. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be here. bothered. Couldn't, couldn't be, be bothered with those oh, words. Yeah. I mean, trust me. Every, every next phase, it uh, you get a little umph. I can say that fiance is real fun to say for about six months. So and then after six months, but yeah, we, we we digress because we don't want to get rid of all of our our any and beyond content on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I mean, let's not let this drag and drag on. Truly, we need to get back to this episode. I think. You know, a major theme of this episode, obviously, disguises, trying to be who you're not, trying to pretend um, to be somebody else so that you can get around just normally if you're some sort of a rock star. I went on a deep dive to try and Mm -hmm. find really great celebrity disguises, really great pseudonyms, really awesome like celebrity hotel names. Ned, I realized I just don't think I care that much. I I, I think I am not that interested in what celebrities are doing. I will yep. tell you my favorites. I think that's what okay. I should do. So yeah, the, so, if, if they're mostly creative in terms of the names, not necessarily the celebrities. Right, right. So, uh, I mean, the celebrities I'm going to mention are just at random, purely off of like BuzzFeed or whatever. So celebrity hotel names, Jay-Z, apparently he goes as Frank Sinatra, which I admire that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, still provokes that there's well, something going on. Yeah, a little bit. So Justin Timberlake <laughs> goes as Mr. Woodpond, which that's pretty fun. That's definitely his porn name. <laughs> definitely his porn name. Um, <laughs> celebrity disguises. So like walking out and trying to avoid paparazzi. Uh, this is this just made me chuckle. So we'll go through. It's a BuzzFeed article. There's like top 10 like uh, celebrity paparazzi disguises. In 2009, Katy Perry bought a giant donut pillow that wouldn't fit in her bag. So she kind of wore it to avoid the paparazzi is like a big shield. And then that's number three. So then in number four, in 2012, Katy Perry wrapped herself in a Chanel beach towel as she walked in the airport. So I'm, it's like two is not a pattern, but number five, this is three in a row. After a taping of Jimmy Kimmel Live in early 2022, Katy Perry left the studio in a giant poop costume. I don't know what's going on. That's that's Katy Perry in disguises. Yeah, and then number six. I mean, this will be the last one of this BuzzFeed article. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield just being the most hipster hipsters they possibly could hipster uh, when they were dating. They blocked their faces with handwritten signs promoting nonprofit organizations. Uh, I I love that, but also just the most hipster thing. And Andrew Garfield is wearing like a Newsies hat, so I don't. I don't know what's going on just there, too, man. It's just too much going on there. Honestly. It's too it's hipster. Like, don't give us what's the the South Park episodes where it's just like we don't want attention. We don't, and then the, so the Canadians <laughs> are out front, just like with fireworks yeah. and like tigers, and they're like, "Don't know. We want our privacy." <laughs> well, here's here's a good pen name for you. So Elton John, apparently he, according to this random article on Crash.com, 
he loved using fake names. Uh, he wrote a reggae song and or a reggae inspired song called Jamaica Jerk Off uh, under the name Reggae Dwight, which I I love that just because of the name <laughs> Reggae Dwight is so lame. Yeah, that's like a how to how to get a little bit of white culture <laughs> into reggae. Yeah, just so lame, Dwight. Reggae Dwight. Reggae Dan. Uh, Reggae Dan. Anyways, and then the last last thing I looked up, I just randomly, I was like, kind of at my wits end. I was just so bored with it. I was like, okay, what about like bad disguises in movies? And the first two that pop up on my screen are uh, Michelangelo dressed up with just like some sort of a cowboy hat scenario going on as if that was going to disguise him. And cowboy hat, uh, a hoodie, and then a backpack trying to not be a giant mutant nin- uh, ninja turtle. Oh. You know? <laughs> when you said Michelangelo, I was like, who was oh, playing yeah. Michelangelo? And I was like, oh, you no, meant no, Ninja no. Turtles? Uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, Michelangelo. I would say the best of all the disguises comes from the Master of Disguise, obviously. Okay. If you have not seen, I don't know how many of our viewers are embedded within weird Nickelodeon 2000s culture, but Master of Disguise. It was a Dana Carvey movie that he made for like kids. Oh, the yeah. turtle. Yeah, with the turtle club. And I, there's just too many good impressions in that one. Like, yeah. And yeah, they have hilarious moments like Michael Johnson, who like um, broke the world record sprint before Usain Bolt. And like, I think they have um, J-Lo in it. And like, he's disguised himself as J-Lo at one point. Like, it's ridiculous. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one that comes to mind is uh, Scooby-Doo when he dresses up in the, the mm. live action he dresses up like a grandma on the plane. I mean, just <laughs> so stupid, but so goofy, and I love it. So goofy. Um, but well, let's not say, let this drag and drag on, you know? No, I think we should no. get back to the I episode. I would say, back in the episode, I'd say this, This I don't know. Like, we still got a lot of season five left, but this yeah. one strikes a good chord with me just because it's full of tops for me. It's full of oh, tops, and it, honestly, wow. I could not nail down a lovely either. So, I can get to my lovelies first. Whoa. Um, All right. Because Lovelies kind of plays into some tops in this episode. Because it's a toss. I I don't want to ever tie my Lovelies because there does have to be a definitive one. But it's Mm -hmm. really hard between BMO and the Banana Guards in this one. Oh, wow. Interesting. So what I I think I have to do, what I think I have to do is because we give BMO it too often, I've got to give it to the Banana Guards this time. Okay. Just for... They're Wii U, Wii U's. They're, they're just hanging out. Like, I just love the banana. Like, this is the true first time we get to see how, like, kind of crazy the banana guards are. Like, yeah. They're just so spaced out. But, again, that kind of leads into my, like, I'll give BMO the tops of this one, for sure. Okay. For the the uh, cops and robbers. Give me your bank account. Give um, me your bank account. It was so good. This guy. <laughs> oh, I've, I've got them all written down, too. Reach for the roof and give me all your gold bricks. <laughs> and then right following that scene, Bimo is just in tears when Finn's cutting his hair. And then Finn goes, how do oh, I look? Yeah. And Bimo just goes, like the devil. Like the devil. That, <laughs> it's it's such a good, sweet man. moment. Just He's too such a good sweet... not to top that, episode, that part uh, of the episode. Such a sweet guy. I, I love Bimo, man. My, yeah. my lovely was the shopkeeper. Oh, the guy the who owns the, the, the broom, broom store. <laughs> <laughs> just with all the brooms everywhere. Uh, you got yeah, a broom? Like, <laughs> can you sweep a broom? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. And then at the end of it, I don't know what it's a metaphor for, but he takes out a bottle of broom, like little brooms. And maybe that's like 
everything's a broom. Like, I don't know, it's whiskey or something maybe. And that's, it's just I, that's kind of what my thought was. Like close up shop and, and put out your bottle of whiskey versus yeah. brooms. Yeah, I, I thought he was real great. And I almost gave it the BMO too. I mean, BMO really just is just the best. And I think you you nailed it. Like the give me your bank account is so funny and don't worry. Like he's like takes the disguise and says, Don't worry, it's only me. It's Bimo. It's just like, me. It's Bimo. <laughs> Bimo, just such a sweetie in this episode. Uh fully deserves the lovely. I I mean, I'm I'm sure I've said this before. I think Bimo is just my favorite character. I think that's just yeah. what I've learned is that Bimo's just the best character in the entire show. Yeah. It's I think at this point too, now that we're this this episode's not even a Bimo centric episode. We're still yeah. getting such good BMO content. That's the beauty of it all. Too. Yeah, it's just more and, fun when BMO's on screen. Like it's just yeah, who knows? It's very true. Because he's he's so random, and just anything can be said or done at any given moment when BMO's on screen. And and it's not in a way where you're like, oh, he's a um, uh, what's it called? Like in a bad way, where at any moment he could say something terrible, and yeah, no, you have to apologize for BMO. You're just like, oh, I'm so more, sorry. It's My more friend, like BMO's BMO, here. Yeah, it's like more like Bemo's loose like, cannon. Candid. He's not a loose cannon. He's he can be completely candid all the time. Yeah. Um, and it, like yeah, no shame, no shame in the game, no shame in wanting to play, no shame in crying, no shame in screaming at Finn that he looks like the devil. And it's just kind of like unabashedly Bemo. Yeah, but it's maybe great. we'll do a maybe we'll do a, a segment called unabashedly Bemo. Mm-hmm. I had to think when I was thinking of loose cannon for whatever reason. We were at a Christmas party this past weekend. Not to, you know, let the dragon drag on or nothing, but... Um, <laughs> no tangent? tangents? No, no tangents. Yeah. This might be a tangent. And I don't even know if I should have gone on this tangent because it's not that funny. But there's a friend of my old roommates who is the most loose cannon guy. Like, I, I enjoy his presence. I enjoy him. Uh, but he's the kind of person that at any moment could say something totally terrible. And so I choose to not hang out with them that often. In <laughs> fact, I almost never ask to hang out with him because I don't really want to be associated with him when he says something horrible, you know, and we've gotten into a, an argument in the past because of that very reason. Um, but anyways, I just, Bimo's the opposite of that. Bimo at any given moment could say something freaking adorable or amazing. And that's uh, an appealing aspect of Bimo for me. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's not loose cannon. It's candid, where yeah. it's just like you need you need a little you need somebody to say something in the room that won't be said. Uh, always yeah. always addresses the white elephant or the seven hundred pound elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Dude, I but, almost thought your tops was going to be that very opening scene with the dragon that gets cleft in twain right down the gooch, dude. Straight <laughs> straight down the right gooch. Down the gooch. Right in the butt crack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we open with a butt joke, we end with a butt joke. You know? Oh, classic truly did. classic adventure time. But I, I had a note here just to like let's mention the dragon because Russell hates the dragons. I hate uh, the so dragons. Much. But the dragon got what he had coming to him. I mean yeah. Finn just straight up took his sword and just like I said. Cleft in twain, straight down yeah. the gooch. Well, let's talk about that scene specifically <laughs> because I think that that scene specifically uh, is what leads into this episode. Is that like Jake's playing a video game? Finn runs mm-hmm. in with the demon blood sword. Yeah, gets launch padded off Jake's hand. And just, Jake's barely paying attention. Jake's barely too, paying attention. Which is interesting. Finn, Finn's eyes are closed. Just Finn closes oh, really? his eyes and goes in with the sword. And it's going to go down, slice the dragon, gets slapped, spins up in the air, comes down, eyes still closed. And so 
I think hmm. that this moment's important to like note that like Finn is being a hero with his eyes closed. That it's oh, man. almost That's good. zero effort for him to be a hero. So hmm. a lot of the praise coming from the candy people at this point, I'm sure that this kind of this is why Finn's a little tired of it because he's just like, like it feels Dude, insincere or something, it, or it feels like un, undeserved, maybe. No, nah, yeah, like uh, I'm undeserved, but to the point where he's kind of like, uh, nah, he's not over the the heroing, right? He's he's not going to be over the heroing for the rest of the show, but you can assume that slaying a dragon now is somewhat mundane to him. And mm-hmm. so I think this is kind of what leads into like my deeper thoughts of the episode. And oh yeah, please. we'll go ahead and get into some deep thoughts. Um, but it's really the fact that like it's not about disguising himself as much, and it's not about shirk. Like you could take it two different ways. Essentially, is my deep thought: is okay. he shirking responsibility, or is he craving something that it's almost more difficult for him to live a simple life than it is for him to go and slay dragons? You know, and yeah. I think that that's kind of the point of him becoming Davy is it's something that he's he's so happy to be Davy because it's actually like it takes so much effort that he loses himself in it, um, mm. and I think that that's it's a really interesting, cool parallel. I think to us getting into a high stakes professional life, and you know, Russell and I we don't work in anything that's like so high stakes that we're saving lives or running no, multi billion dollar not. corporations, but we got a lot of weight on our shoulders. And I don't know, I was going to ask you, like, do you feel like with your job, like moments where you're like, well, it would be kind of nice to just like go off and work in a little shop and go there in the morning and yeah. sweep up, sweep brooms all day and then just go home. Like be nice and simple. Feed the yeah, birds. Dude, we've talked about this a little bit. I mean, wait, what'd you say about birds? Feed, feed the birds. Oh, sorry. Birds. I, just, I just really don't like birds right now. And I think we'll get into that <laughs> with my wreck later in this episode. Just the tease. <laughs> what my wreck is going to be. Um, yeah, I I definitely feel that. We've talked about it a little bit. The The desire for tangibility is something that I have fully and, and really just something that I could see more than anything. My job is mundane in many ways. It is every quarter you kind of start over. I mean, it's less so now mm-hmm. because I'm in a, a bigger position than I used to be in where I was mostly processing things. Now I'm analyzing and looking for errors and trying to find money that is due to songwriters and to producer or not really producers as much, but publishers. Um, you know, so like it is kind of fun. I'm getting to do that for some of my favorite bands, which is kind of neat. Right. Um, but it's definitely not the crazy heroic, awesome job that I thought I would end up in that I tried to do independently in the music industry. So I'm kind of coming to terms in that way with this job, but I would be lying if I said I, I hadn't always kind of desired a tangible product. I, like I really admire, and whenever people tell me they are like, uh, you know, an architect or some sort of a cool like job where you get, or even a surgeon or something, right, where you do a thing and then you get to see the end result of it, or mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's I imagine, where- especially like the architect, right, who's like driving around downtown, and then every day he gets to look up and be like. I designed that building. Like that was yeah. my work. And here it yeah, is. Where, I could where, touch it. Where work is, uh, you do see, like, like you said, tangible, but like, I mean, intrinsically tangible or extrinsically tangible yeah. um, too. Like an end result, which there's an aspect of that in my job, but then I'm in sales. So once one quota is done, the next quota starts. Then you kind of like exactly. around. And, yeah. and that's kind of everybody's work a little bit. I think it's it's a little bit more of like, um, like when did work what I th- and what I think Finn is 
eh, maybe not Finn specifically is going for, but kind of being like, well, wouldn't it be nice again to just like to for things to just be simple enough to where I can go in, do something all day. And it's simple, it's good, it's not high stakes, it's like, and go home happy. Yeah. Um, and not that I'm yeah. not happy, but yeah, like like mine, my version of that, and it, what our, our longtime listeners know is like owning a wine shop. Just like you go in and you oh, yeah. talk to people all day and you sell wine and you go home. Like that sounds wonderful. And it's probably Dude, a lot it, more complicated than that. What about but, being a blacksmith? That's yeah, what I want to like do. Stuff like that. I want like to be a blacksmith for like, again, just swords like, and crap? Come on. Yeah, come on. How cool. Come That'd on. Cool. That's the coolest job ever. You get to make swords and get better at making swords. Um, nah, exactly. But that, that's my point. I, and that's how I I looked through this. Ep- I've, I've always kind of seen this episode through that lens of um, that's kind of like Finn's pursuit. And, I, and that's why through this season, we're talking about Finn's growth. And a lot of it has to do with like learning a lesson. And it's interesting because I think this is a Finn growth thing of being like, well, there are alternatives to being a hero. And they're all are where you just build a log cabin and sit on the porch and hang out. Um, and he, I think it's kind of cool. The, the growth of Finn is that I think he's exploring things outside of his comfort zone, which is just like slaying dragons. It's absolutely his comfort zone now. Yeah, I, I think I'm totally with you because my theoretically speaking and my deep thoughts kind of coincide. Um, my theoretically speaking, this episode, if I was going to get into one, is simply that Finn is looking for something. And I think we're going to find whatever that is, or we're going to go in that direction by the end of the season. I think he's trying to fill this empty hole, which maybe it's not even mm-hmm. a theoretically speaking as much as it's just like a deep thought, like you have, yeah. where it's like he's trying to fill this emptiness inside of him. Uh, and he's just getting tired of being a hero or he doesn't know where he's going with it. I, th- I think we were just on the exact same wavelength. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have a theory for what that thing is going to be. I don't think it's going to be playing princess. I don't, you know, which I don't, don't even know if we have gone any further with that relationship. I don't think it's ended. I think it's just left open. Hey, it hasn't, hasn't ended yet. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just it's, kind it's of left there. open at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and I, I just think in general, he's unhappy maybe this season, which is really weird. I'm trying to think of other episodes that have occurred within the season, which is a little weird because it was split up with Fiona and Cake, so we're <laughs> kind of all over the place this season already. But if you think about it, last episode, uh, Jake became a dad for an episode, and then Jake was like, I'm not going to live with you anymore. And you see Finn at the end of that episode sucking on a remote and just like being totally an oddball, man. Like, Something was going through his brain. That certainly hurt him thinking of his best friend moving out. Maybe that was the only thing that he felt like he had going for him is that him and his best friend lived together still and they adventured together or something, right? A couple episodes prior mm-hmm. to that, you had all the little people, which was all just all sorts of odd. Yeah, then just experimenting is- with his friends that are, you know, little versions of themselves and trying to see if like him and Rainicorn would make out or whatever. It's He's just in a weird place right now. I'm really curious yeah. what's going to happen with Finn moving forward in this season. And I know this is a, I think you've mentioned this is a long season of kind mm-hmm. of dull-ish episodes. So I'm really curious what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I I would chalk it up to like not even dull episodes. Um, episodes that are like this, that like we may not be doing huge canon stuff every episode, but we are just exploring a different, like, like, do season five versus season one. Like we're talking about Jake, the dad, Finn's playing with people's little people's psychological hearts. We're talking about up a tree where, again, when we got deep into that, we're like, it's kind of crazy that Finn decides that he wants this to be his adventure of the day where it's like, 
what can I do on my own? And I think Finn's, it's, yeah. it's really, I think a, yeah. this season's a lot about coming into his own, um, not just as I'm going to be a, a fantastic hero, but I'm going to see like, what are the other facets of life that I can explore? Like what happens when I just go get a first bean tree? What happens when I abandon my uh, personality? What happens when I abandon myself and become this other person? And he ends up losing himself in it, which I think is somewhat deep a little bit where he kind of creates this like, he's got such a, um, I don't, I wouldn't call it like personality disorder, but he gets so lost in the character that he's made. He's kind of, he loses sight of himself. Um, yeah. which I think is the, the, the secondary way to view this episode is, is he shirking his responsibilities so much that he hides behind an alter ego kind of thing. Yeah. Well, dude, Jake doesn't even care anymore. Like Jake's just sitting there on the grass, put, makes his hand a spatula and flings Finn in the air. <laughs> doesn't look away from his video game for a split second. He's clearly disconnected. He's not worried about Finn in any way. He's like, Finn's got this. This is just old news at this point. Like you said, I think they're maybe they're both tired of being heroes or tired of like the hero work or whatever. Don't feel like they need to keep doing this for the rest of their lives. Jake for sure is like, I just don't need to worry about him. I think earlier on in the first couple of seasons, he was constantly like, okay, time for me to be serious and for me to save Finn. But I wonder if now he's just like, what's the point? I don't need to. He like I wouldn't even need to fling him up in the air and he still could slay this dragon and save all yeah. those people. But Yeah, and there's there's some more adventure time episodes that dive into that specifically of kind of like, well, if and if Fiona and Cake did it a little bit, it's like no matter what I do, like it's bad things are gonna always keep happening. So like, does me even defeating this one dragon change the overall course of of life and that's when you get a little, you see those introspective Finn episodes. So I think this is a, uh, a, a secret slash more subtle introspective Finn episode than yeah. they may get credit for. And we need to keep in mind too, like we were spoiled with Fiona and Cake where that is just like canonical, awesome <laughs> yeah. things happening every yeah, single every episode, episode because they had to prove something, right? Like, yeah, it had a reference back to, to something else. Like, yeah, we're, we're back to just normal Adventure Time episodes. It's okay if the episode is is kind of like this, where Finn's acting like a normal guy and trying to get away from the the heroing uh, lifestyle, which I, I I really loved your perspective earlier on that. I think you know he is hiding from something, and I, it's interesting to see Finn react the way that he has this episode. Yeah, uh, and, and also I, just go for the simple life, man. Just sweeping yeah. floors, hanging in parks. Simple man with simple goals, you know. Simple man with simple goals <laughs> and simple problems. Again, he yeah, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily. Um, and I think again, there's a beauty behind that. He he, when Davy or he's having a conversation with the mustache, that is Davy, um, and he's like a simple man with simple goals and simple problems, not a simple man with no problems. So he mm-hmm. does have that like realization that this simple life doesn't come without its problems and qualms and. But it's different, and it's it's. I think it's again. It's him exploring what other opportunities look like because he's never really been presented with or presented himself with kind of other options there. Yeah, yeah. Finn describes Davy as a, a working Joe trying to stake his claim under the sun, looking out for the beautiful green fields called life. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I, just I, a working Joe, man. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful, and there's there's nothing that I enjoy more than like a good like sunset porch sitting. Like, so I, I see myself in Davy. I see Davy in myself. Oh, you see yourself in Davy. You certainly don't look like Davy. I, I mean, that shopkeeper like looks just like Davy. You look nothing like <laughs> Davy. I've got a lot of hair and no mustache. So, 
Yeah, I don't. We should I look all just more be like Davy for Halloween this year or next year, right? <laughs> I think we should all just, just all do that. shave our head off on the top. If we ever do a live show, if we ever have enough fans to do a live show, we're all dressing up like Davy. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> everybody's Davy. Hi, how are you? And how how much does this also pertain to like uh, what's that episode of SpongeBob when he like becomes normal Bob, uh, mm. SpongeBob normal pants or something, and he's gets all smooth and he goes, hi, how are you? Like, Oh my gosh, I forgot about like, that it, episode. It's such a similar episode to this where they're like, Spongebob, we gotta snap out of it. And he's like, no, I'm normal Bob now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a tangent and I apologize for that, but I feel like this episode deserves tangents. Uh, what is that episode of Spongebob where Mr. Krabs has to go on, do has to go do something and then Squidward's like, I don't want to be in charge of this place. I want to take the day off. I got to go run some errands. And then constantly SpongeBob is like, are you finished with those errands? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, that was no, a real uh, episode, right? Yeah. Squidward. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go run some errands and Mr. Krabs is gone. And so he's like, I'm just going to go take yeah. the day off. Tell SpongeBob, I'm going to go run. And he's like, you finished with those errands? You finished? And he keeps thinking about SpongeBob. And it just goes more and more insane. burning right? down the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, because me and Allie were having this conversation the other day, talking about this episode, and she's seen every SpongeBob episode, and I have two, or at least I think I have up until a certain season. And I was like, that is such an iconic early, you know, SpongeBob episode. And apparently, like, it just didn't register with her. It was so weird. I mean, I feel like <laughs> yeah. it gets every SpongeBob reference, but didn't get that one for some reason. Yeah, I remember that one. Was, okay, I remember cool. every, but like, I'm not going first insane. season. You're not insane. You're not insane. <laughs> um, well, the I'm last- not saying like, these these fans of fans, am I right? These uh, these hardcore fans, the ice cream man who's like, me. have dinner with me every every day of the week, every night of the week. <laughs> yeah, is ice cream man punchable or a lovely in this episode? Oh, <laughs> like for sure, punchable. Yeah, have dinner with me, but yeah, every night, do it now. Every night, not the dinner. most punchable though. I mean, do you? Who's punchable. your most punchable? I have a most. I mean, if it character. had to be anybody, it'd be him. Um, okay. There's, yeah, they wouldn't say there'd be anybody else. Maybe. And I can't even I can't even chalk it up to the the Choco Bird man because he's just trying to make his make his way in That's the Candy Kingdom. It's me, yeah. But I, I think, c- dude, the Banana Guard is for sure the most punchable. I know he was almost your your lovely or your tops I think or whatever. Collectively, the Banana Guard's got my lovely. Yeah. Oh man, when when Finn is dressed up like Davy and he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna I can blend in." He finally gets the idea of, "Oh, I can save Jake by continuing to be Davy and then just frame everything on him, and then I'll be Finn." And uh, it won't matter, right? But he goes up to these banana guards and they're standing there. And I was going to challenge you at the beginning of this episode, but it just, a real visual challenge doesn't feel like it makes any sense on a podcast. I was going to say we should hold our arms out the whole episode. <laughs> just, just the whole episode. And yeah, nobody, just, would, nobody would see that. It'd be a moot yeah, point. Yeah, see how torturous that is. But uh, anyways, he's, he's sweeping the body of one of these banana guards and the other banana guard is like, whoa, you sure know how to party, Davey. Some weird, some weird things going on there because the other one's like, yes, 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 yes. I, I yeah. don't know, man. Somehow the body sweep was not a cleanly thing. It became a, uh, uh, a seductive slash promiscuous yeah, it, thing. It's a, it's a punchable thing for it's me. A punchable not really moment. Davey, but, but the banana guards are just yeah, he's a little getting weird his this episode. He's getting his jimmies with the body sweep a little bit too much. Yeah, I think so, man. I, I, <laughs> I think so. Well... I wanted to to take a moment to, this is not a deep thought or anything. I just want to take a moment and observe as we continue to see it. We've mentioned it before, but like this episode does highlight like when Finn, when Davey gets to the Candy Kingdom and he's walking through 
almost the entire time he's walking through like decrepit parts of the Candy Kingdom. And I think the writers have to be doing this for a certain reason. What there is so much of the Candy Kingdom that either is just being neglected by Princess Bubblegum or she just like can't control how much she's actually grown the kingdom. But if you if you go back and watch the episode, almost everywhere he's walking, there's just like broken down buildings. There's kids on bikes in front of like decrepit shops. Yeah. Um, there's a broom store, which like makes no sense. So it's kind of like it's, and then, oh, the, the second aspect of this is the prison. You can see it's just like two banana guards guarding it. That's it. Nobody's in the prison. Um, and then on the outside of the wall, it's like written in jelly. It's like pris on. And yeah. so this, it looks very makeshift. And so I was like, has the candy kingdom, is this the, is the prison pretty new? Is this like a new development where they kind of had hmm. to makeshift a prison because they started having, uh, ne'er do wells and degenerates like start arising in the candy kingdom. So you're saying like, Bubblegum is like, princess, yeah. is princess Bubblegum kind of neglecting the candy kingdom? Like, is it kind of going to the shitter over time? Yeah, yeah. I well, don't know. obviously they they call the heat and the banana guards come and they're just like wee you, wee you. So it's like, are are they almost left to um, not well, even maybe like a martial law crime? Society. Maybe we got too good of a hero, right? Maybe Finn's way too good of a hero. But I also think if we're really just being trying to overanalyze this moment, which I am totally cool with, I think it kind of feels normal. It kind of feels like what you're saying is decrepit or, or kind of broken down part of the Kenny Kingdom for me especially living in Nashville, like that's, I feel like that's just kind of how things are. Like there's car lots everywhere. There's like crappy parts of town right next to beautiful parts of town. Um, You know, but it's, I don't know, something about living in the city. I I think I feel like you can't get away from that sort of a vibe. Well, that's a normal, our society way of looking at it, but isn't Princess Bubblegum as the princess who legit just creates the candy people? Yeah. Is this not uh, alluding to the fact that like, is she more obsessed with creating and controlling more people than it is creating a, a utopian society? Um, hmm. You know what I mean? Because like this doesn't, the, these parts of the Candy Kingdom don't necessarily, yeah, they may look normal to us because we don't live in a utopian society. But interesting that she, the one who does kind of want order and perfection and sweetness all around to have yeah. parts of this kingdom that are well within her control, um, or you think would be well within her control, but like they're honestly not, you know? Yeah, she turns a blind eye to him. That is fascinating. I'm not sure why she's doing that. I mean, do yeah, we get to see I, anything in further episodes? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some okay. Candy Kingdom revolting. And, and Okay, good. So yeah, that's I why I that. stopped to make that observation here because we yeah. saw it a little bit with um, uh, the Apples episode when we see Mr. Pig and then the um, the candy bar and can't remember the name. I mean, they certainly um, can't be yeah. happy, right? I think even the candy citizens have to be a little bummed out with how things are in the candy kingdom. Yeah, I mean, to some uh, what's for space? Lemon, lemon grab, like, obviously not happy with his place in life, but yeah. I think uh, all these other candies, at some point, they have sentience. They've got to be going, there's got to be more out there mm-hmm. for me. There's got to be, you know, more that I can do or whatever. Yeah, the root, the root beer guy arc really hits that really well later down the road. So we'll get okay. to that root beer guy and, and we'll we'll revisit this conversation. Again, that's why I wanted to have it today. Cool. So we can be like, yes, we've we have now seen the buildup of this happen, you know. Yeah. Man, do you have are there any great facts in this episode? I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm I'm 
So this is <laughs> such a Davy episode. I need yeah. I need Nettie's factoids. Oh, I I don't know oh, no. if I have a super oh, no. great factoid, but the only one <laughs> that was worth okay. putting in here was the game that Randy was playing in the field. You know, they were playing like a video game was Pro Football 1861, which was the same game that Finn and Jake were playing in the business time episode. Okay. Um, so callback, a good, good fun, like writer's yeah. callback. But literally what I could find on this episode was like three facts. And this was the, like, one was like, did you see that thing in the background? And I'm like, that's, oh, yeah. that's a basic One of them fact. was like, this is the second time that we had Jake in a frocket. Yeah, it was, it was literally like the frocket was similar to the Nitosphere episode, and you're like, that cool. <laughs> like, you could just yeah, see the obvious, stitching on the pocket. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. This, this, I, I, did, like, I like that callback, though. I will be honest. I, I, I guess I did like that fact. I kind of um, enjoyed, I even wrote down, maybe this is my tops this episode. Pocket Jake. Because, well, we loved it the first time because it comes yeah, out did. of nowhere, and Jake's just like hiding in the pocket. But this time I kind of felt like because of the stitching, on the pocket, I, I saw it coming. I was aware that that might be the case. Yeah, yeah, you could see so. there's something off with his shirt, and then they yeah. they made that reference for sure. So, well, then, apologies, I didn't. Uh, no, I, no I, worries. I wanted to have more factoids. I wanted to, there to be some sort of sneaky voice actor in there. Dude. I wanted there to be some sort of uh, crazy in the background with the video game from uh, episode. Yeah, this time was fine. episode four, episode five of season one. Um, so no, no. call back. Well, let's let's not let this dragon drag on too much. Ned, what is your lesson this episode? What are you taking mm. away? What are you going to apply to your life from this um, episode? I have a good one. Is it is it better to die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the Davy? Oh man, is that okay. a good one? Is that a good? Lesson? I like that one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> mine's mine's super lame. So yeah, give me uh, give me your lame one. <laughs> Mine's don't let the dragon drag on. Oh my god! AKA, AKA don't watch this episode again. <laughs> uh, it's not gonna. I I enjoy this episode. I feel like it's a yeah. It's, it's not a treehouse, but a cozy, um, simple. I like the voice acting. I like the the referral back to the computer in Finn's stomach that helps him alter his voice. So oh yeah, a, that is nice. It feels like a developed episode, even though it's overly simplistic. So yeah, that's fine. That's fair, man. I, I I don't I hate this episode by any means. I don't think it's a a terrible episode. I just kind of felt like it was a little dull this week. I was hoping for more. I loved hearing and seeing Jake be a dad. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm, and again, we're coming off the high of Fiona and Cake season one. Like, yeah, Russell's still jonesing, man. He's still jonesing for some cannon. <laughs> Oh, uh, and also last night, I mean, I guess I'll get to my wreck and then we'll do a traveler's yeah, log. Yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say as well. speaking of things that are more interesting to Russell, what is your recommendation? This oh week? my gosh, dude. I saw a heck of a movie. I saw mm-hmm. a film. You know, when you see a film and you go, this is going to be a classic, like immediately, like you just know. I think I, we both felt that way about everything, everywhere, all at once, mm-hmm. which I just watched recently for the first time. I think it was my wreck two weeks ago yeah, or a week ago. ago. Um, Again, I saw another film uh, by Miyazaki. Uh, it is The Boy and the Heron, um, and it is freaking... No, not Miyazaki. Studio Ghibli. Who's Studio Miyazaki? Ghibli, yeah. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. He's getting all... But getting Miyazaki. All your, getting all your Japanese culture mixed up. Dog, I've been listening to so many Japanese rock bands. I'm sure Miyazaki is somebody that I've been listening to or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, no, Studio Ghibli. Um, it's supposed to be... No. Is that... Hold on. I'm being dumb. Who runs Studio Ghibli? 
Is it Miyazaki? Am I not gonna, being stupid? You're gonna deep cut. Um, well, keep talking while you're. I, I can look it up for you too. It is. It is Miyazaki. Uh, oh, okay. Hayao Miyazaki. Okay, cool. I thought I was dumb. I wasn't dumb. I was dumb for not thinking, or well, I was dumb for thinking I was dumb. Um. Anyways, man, it was supposed to be his last film. Supposedly, it's not going to be his last film, and I'm so still so glad it's not going to be. Uh, or at least that's what they claim is going to take a year off and get back to it. And this is the second time he's retired or claimed he was going to retire. One time his son released a film at his studio. And I think he was like, that's not good enough. I'm coming out of retirement and doing movies again. Um, but anyways, it's an incredible film, The Boy and the Heron. It really would have been, if it was going to be his last film, I think it would have been an incredible one to end on. He does a really great job. I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm trying to avoid saying what happens, but it's a very Miyazaki film. It just feels like he is doing his thing at a hundred percent and he's going fully into his style and you're going on an exploration. And my big takeaways were I hate birds now, <laughs> which is why I mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of birds in this movie a lot of birds. And, and I hate birds now. Um, and then the other one was I learned how babies are made. And so that's, that's real good. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's a little slow. It takes a while to get into it. But once you do, it's a really, really fun adventure. And I can't help but feel like it's an instant classic. It's instantly one of his top five movies he's ever made. You know, and, and I feel like a top five Miyazaki film is a pretty dang good film. So I, must say, I don't know how many rack. there are in total. So I don't know if top five is at a top. 10 or well, I, I just mean in the sense that like any of his films could be on a top 100 list somewhere yeah. I, th you know? I think at least three of them are on imdb's top 100 yeah probably i i could see that like probably name of the wind and then how's moving castle or something like yeah, that. yeah i think that one and then kiki's delivery i think is up there or oh, like up there in the, in the close to hundreds yeah. i think but yeah no i i think it's it's a really good one i think ali even mentioned it might be like in her top three for Studio Ghibli films, which is pretty huge. If yeah, that's, that's, that's big for her, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, man, yeah, highly recommend it. I think it's really great. It is a long movie. Don't be afraid of the Japanese subs because there really isn't a lot of words in this movie. It, it's not a quick-paced film. It's a slow, a slow crawler, but Lower. in a really cool, artistic, beautiful way. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll see it soon. I, I don't know if I'll make it to the theaters to see it, but... I'm sure HBO will pick it up probably quickly. Yeah. Well, dude, it was cool seeing it in a theater just because I've never seen a Ghibli film in the theater before. And I think something about that experience, like going to, it was the uh, the Regal Hollywood in like Berry Hills of uh, Nashville, you know? Oh, yeah. So they had one, all yeah. those neon lights and stuff. There's something about it that just feels very retro and very, like you're going back in time to watch a yeah. movie. And that's always- just taking fun. me back to like seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's your rec? Um, well, my rec uh, comes. I think it's a term dim, deemed by the uh, the Gen Zers out there, um, okay? Because we had a full plan to do absolutely nothing this last weekend. It was gorgeous, but Friday, my wife goes like, "You ready for our, our rot rot day?" And I was like, "What? What did you say?" It's like our rot day. We planned on Saturday to like literally do our best to not do anything, like no laundry, no cleaning. Okay. And just like rot away on the couch. And so my okay. recommendation is a uh, not to get in a habit of it, but to 
every once in a while have a rot day. That's um, fun. It was very, very psychologically needed for us. Do you get sure. to just eat terrible or is this a, uh, you're still healthy. You're just doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, we, oh gosh, what do we, I think we just did Indian that night. We didn't even eat unhealthy all day, but we just like said, Hey, we're going to chill. We're going to do our like typical breakfast, typical lunch. We didn't like drink all day or anything like that. We just okay. like chilled and then got Indian that night. Like, and it was so nice. And we watched, I think we finished the, we started the Sopranos on Friday night. Um, finished oh, no. season one on Saturday night. Like, okay. Uh, and so that was my sub rec is the Sopranos. I won't even say it. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so stupid. Good, man. Cool, man. I'm, I'm still feeling the, the vibes of Game of Thrones. I've been watching that this past weekend. It's nice. still pretty good. I think I'm on season five. Season five is all about like cults. And I, I gotta say this season is nowhere near as good as it has been in the past, but, uh, I'm liking it so far, but Ned, I want to do a traveler's log. Let's get back yeah, to adventure won. time for a moment before we wrap up this, uh, episode. So the traveler's log this week is from Ethan. Ethan, also known as DJF, E-F-F, uh, DJF. So, uh, Ethan says, Hey guys, I'm re-listening to all the episodes, which uh, first off, that's crazy, but thank you for re-listening to yeah, that, wow. the episodes of NBA and Beyond. I'm not, not doing that. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't imagine. I've done that for none of my favorite podcasts. Um, I love myself so much. Oh, you do that for you do that for our <laughs> podcast now? Is that what oh, you're saying? Oh yeah, that's the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> it's mine. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyways, so Ethan says, and then the third episode, y'all talk about the trials. This is the Incaritian episode. We, uh, you kind of. Or, sorry, he says that y'all thought the trials were kind of weak, uh, despite being stressed that they were super hard in the episode. Uh, I have a theory that they actually mean in the trial that uh, surrounds protecting the book rather than the, what the mountain has thrown at them. Throughout this show, we constantly see people want or need the book to perform world-altering spells, just as it's going to Brismo. Uh, the people like the Lich constantly threaten his life for the book Maybe instead of the trials of the mountain, they meant the struggles that surround the book itself. Anyway, love what y'all do and all love DJF. So I thought that was really cool. I thought the idea that the trials that we thought were super lame in that third episode mm. of, about the Anchiridion were not about necessarily what the mountain was prescribing to allow him to have the book itself. It's, it was it's more so the the trials of what of, comes with the responsibility yeah. of owning the Enchiridion. Yeah, that, that's a good thought. Yeah, but but Finn certainly didn't get that because Finn freaking gave it away to a bear. So what <laughs> yeah. the heck? <laughs> well, regardless, we if we had thought about that, first of all, uh, Ethan give us some credit. That was like episode three of us even doing a podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, but even at that point, we good. couldn't talk about much of the trials of, or, or what the Enchiridion meant because everything was totally. a spoiler, spoiler drop for Russell at that point yeah. in time. But, it, but I just thought that was a really interesting take on it where it's like, you know, there's a lot of things that way I feel like where, um, you, you get it and then you struggle once you have it, like, especially with like jobs yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know how that necessarily relates with the Enchiridion, but I've been thinking about that recently where, you know, a promotion at work can be really daunting or, or going to another job where we talked about, an interview that I did recently, right? And it's it's scary, man. The the prospect yeah. of like stopping doing what you're doing currently and moving on to something else is really 
uh, scary sometimes. And because there's uncertainty, and I feel like whenever there's uncertainty, um, it can make you feel uneasy. And so I feel that way, even though the job that I interviewed for won't be like getting deeper into other interviews until like months from now. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, you know, it's kind of like I, I'm happy with where I'm at in my like at my company. So it's not like I'm even trying to go anywhere. Um, yeah, but just, what, uh, I mean, what you're saying too is yeah. that like you know it's re- like being in the job market at all and getting a new job. You're like, man, it's so hard to do that, and then the responsibilities that can come with that job. Yeah. Once like think jobs will always be work, and that's kind of like. Same thing with the Enchiridion and kind of what Ethan's saying is that like mm-hmm. just getting the book doesn't mean that the responsibilities and the, the trials yeah, like not are the per se part. over. Yeah, it's not yeah. the hard part. Like you did the, the several months of interviewing. Now you got to do the several years of a hard job. Yeah. Like, but it's not like um, you don't you don't take the book, right? You got to still yeah. take the book, uh, especially if it's for a better opportunity. And, but it's and, always about taking the book yeah. with with the right mentality. Again, it's taking the job with the right mentality. Like. I know I've got my wife and, and her friend a lot um, have difficult jobs with difficult people specifically. And, you know, you know, I always talk about wanting a new job and I'm like, that's like, absolutely go do that, go pursue it. But like, there will not be just all the answers on the other side, you know, yeah. it's, there will still be trials and work and struggles that come along with a new job as well. Yeah, Totally. But y'all, uh, thank you for listening to us rant a little bit. Don't want to let this drag in, <laughs> you know, the, the words, don't, the don't other words. Don't say it again. I'm trying not to say it again. Um, <laughs> but we really appreciate y'all sticking around. I mean, anyone that's still here, thank you so much. You can check us out. I mean, we've got a Patreon, like we said, like we're almost to our 10th episode on the Patreon. We might be at our 10th episode at this point. So if you want another podcast, NEA and beyond, which is something you get as a $5 and a $10 tier member of the Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash podcast. You can check us out to Instagram, neverendingadventurepodcast, never TikTok at neverendingadventurecast. I accidentally got logged out of that forever ago, and I need to get <laughs> back into it so I can start posting again. So I apologize for uh, being totally silent on TikTok, but anyways, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions, opinions. Get on the Travelers Log, just like Ethan at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, thanks for sticking around. Go check out The Boy and the Heron. It's a freaking awesome film, especially if you love anime and Japanese animation. Um, but yeah, party forever. Good <laughs> PPI.